This is Hard Parking, brought to you by Right Honda Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. As always, I am your host, Jay Finning, coming to you from my studio in Gilbert, Arizona. That's the studio down the hall from my bedroom. I want to thank everybody for for those of you who, who are joining us for the second time after the Ken Block passing episode. I know that episode was not solely focused on Ken Block, but I gave my thoughts on it. Again, he is is a list of a celebrity in our world as as you could think of. Coming up on today's show, there was a recent robbery attempt in Houston at a Mexican restaurant that went astray. The robber was shot down cold. Where do you lie on this? I get into it. I had mentioned this on a friend of mine's Facebook, and of course, that's probably the worst place to engage in conversation And I got basically beat up for my viewpoints. I want to share those with you. There's also a video portion of this that will be posted to YouTube at some point in my attempt to grow the YouTube page. Also, some brief car news. A Tesla went over the cliff, 300 feet. And before we get to this word from Foil Online, I had an observation the other day, and I've thought about this often. I'm standing in the checkout at Home Depot, and the self-serve, you know, the self-checkout, I guess, not self-serve. And I'm standing there waiting, half the machines are down, and I'm looking at these two people, and each of them have like three or four items, and they're taking a really long time. I think some one woman, she was like fumbling with her, her money, kind of read the screen, not sure what was going on, a little older. And the other one was a guy kind of just taking forever, and I'm standing there for probably four or five minutes, and there were other machines that were very busy with people that actually had a lot of items. Finally, one of the Home Depot guys like, hey, I take the next person over here. My thought was, am I, maybe it's just me. Am I the only one? Am I the only one that has self-checkout down to like a science? Like I'm usually, I'll have three or four items, even five or six, and I am through that thing fast. I grab the little scanner gun. It's like beep, 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 beep. Scan my loyalty card if I have one. And by then I'm already either hitting, I'm finished, because some of them make you touch the screen. Or I've already stuck my credit card in, my American Express or whatever else it is. I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm usually waiting on the machine. I already have all my shit packed into one of those little trash bags and grab my receipt and I'm out. I bet you my average pit stop on a checkout for five items or less is less than 30 seconds. Like I fly through that thing. And I always wonder, it's like, what are these people going through? It's there for convenience. It's there for speed. If you can't do it fast, go wait in line with everybody else that actually has a whole cart full of stuff. And let the actual employee do it for you. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Foil Online. For over a decade, Foil Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4-Wheel Online, the number 4-Wheel Online. So the last couple of days, there's been some, uh, there was a Houston, there's a shooting at a Houston restaurant, and it involved a guy coming in as a robber, um, Asked people for their money at gunpoint, kind of walked around and collected the wallets. And then you see a uh, one of the civilians pull their gun out as the robber was walking past him, seemingly on his way 
to the front door, and then the, the camera froze. Now, I have the opinion that the camera froze for a reason because they knew they had something on there that was a little sketchy. I watched the news video clipping of it. Um, I read the article associated with it. This is down in Houston. And one of the first things I saw were exit wounds or exit marks on the front door. And that's when I started to kind of raise my eyebrow. And this was before they even showed the video. So I'm thinking, okay, so this guy, you know, he's, it's an open carry state, right to defend yourself. And I get all that. Um, but I evaluated the video and I go, look, I'm not sure. And what we found out is that the gun was fake. Now, I think a lot of people misunderstood that I was thinking that, hey, just because the gun is fake means that this guy didn't deserve to get shot, means that people should have asked him if the gun was real before he got shot. I have the opinion that if you were to walk out of your house, as soon as you plan on committing a crime, whatever fate comes to you is probably what you deserve. Because when you're threatening people, they don't know if it's real or fake or not. They're just going to react. And in this case, obviously, the robber didn't think about that when he walked out. Or when he decided to rob people that day, and that was his last worst fatal mistake. Um, so with that being said, with me reviewing the video, I go, well, you know, it looks like the guy has everything he needs. Looks like he's headed out the door. No one is in danger anymore. And this guy shot him down. I'm not sure that, you know, this is going to be as open and cut case as a lot of people say it is. Maybe he should get in trouble. That was the initial thing that I said, which I... I pulled back. I also said this guy was just in there trying to get some bread for his family, the guy robbing, which I was, it's not a funny thing to joke about, but I was joking about it. Again, this was a friend of mine had posted this on Facebook and, you know, no good conversation ever starts with, I saw this posted on Facebook first off. So I was kind of very hesitant on even commenting, but since it was a friend's post, I did comment and I did say thoughts. Um, and I did say, I hope that's this, I think this guy might get in trouble and I kind of hope I kind of think he should, which in, in reviewing after that, I really don't think he should, but I can definitely understand that if he were to get in trouble. And this was the initial video. Of course, everyone jumped down my back. Uh, I'm not here to take anyone's gun away. I'm not one of those guys. Uh, I'm for guns. I'm pro guns. But uh, this isn't about gun control, in my opinion. This was about self-defense. And, you know, at what point do you go from, from hero to prison? And that's what I was questioning, you know, how legal was this? You can go from doing the right thing, which I think he did, to potentially taking it too far. In the days after, we started to see the full video of what happened in the, in the next 30 seconds and where he actually shoots the guy a total of nine times. I had to watch the video. And if you want the video, I can send it to you, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, but at this point, it's all over the place. Um, but. Again, he shot him nine times, and it really looks even worse than I kind of originally thought. It's weird. We live in a society where you can't even question stuff without people going to the extreme, right? And, and, and the fact that he had a fake gun, it doesn't matter at the time. But if I were on the prosecution, I would probably try to use that as something. There's no way you would know. There's no way you know. But I look at every situation, hey, uh... How could I attack this from multiple angles? If I want to defend the guy, I could easily find ways to defend him. If I wanted to kind of question him, I saw stuff that was questionable, and that's all I was trying to say. Before I bring Brian Sales on here, I'm going to read a few of the conversations that were kind of going back and forth um, off of Facebook. 
uh, because I, again, I'm trying to have a conversation and people are like trying to curb stop me about all this stuff. Cause I, you, you can never question what's happening in the state of Texas or anywhere when guns are involved because people automatically think you're trying to take their guns away. Again, this is not about gun control. One guy, and I won't say who this is. Jay, after reading your comments, I can tell you have zero knowledge of how the legal system works in the prior case law in situations like these. I can also tell that you have zero tactical knowledge of how to properly respond in a situation like this one. Maybe this will help you. If someone breaks into your house and is coming down the hall screaming and waving a gun at you and your children, are you going to pour him a glass of water and ask him if the gun is real? Or are you going to use the reasonable person standard infer that at the moment there is a justification to believe your life or others in danger of death or grave bodily harm? First off, and, and people say that because, I mean, a, another guy asked me, where are you from, bro? Well, I grew up in Texas. Uh, I used to illegally carry a gun because at one point in my, in a different lifestyle, I legitimately feared for my life. I got into it with some people that I was doing bad business with, but anyway, uh, so I understand how things are in Texas. I understand how things are here in Arizona. Arizona is the wild west as well. Uh, I lived in Michigan. Michigan can be the wild in all three States. You can walk around with a gun on your side unless the establishment says you are not allowed to bring guns into my establishment. So I get all this, but to me, this isn't about that. And in Texas, you're allowed to legally defend your property. If someone comes on your property, if someone comes on your business, you feel threatened, someone breaks into your house, someone walks across your driveway, you have the legal right to open fire. However, I will say that no law is black and white, except for maybe some of the 10 commandments, thou shall not kill. That's it. It's not thou shall not kill. And then you have to read 32 articles of what that actually means. And if article B is appropriate, then in the middle of Article B, it says, this is absolutely necessary within your legal right unless B or unless Article 3C, 3A, and, and 3F are applicable. You go to 3F and it just sends you in a big loop. That's how the law is written. It's written to kind of paint itself in a circle and it's written for things like this. So nothing is ever that cut and dry. This isn't the Wild West. Can you imagine what would happen? If every time you feel threatened, you were within your legal right to pull out your gun and shoot somebody or beat somebody down. And that's why the law is the way the law is. Let's see. Another one of these conversations is, hmm, some of these are friends of mine. And some of these are people that don't know me. Hmm. If you're sitting there with your family or friends, would you wait for him to shoot somebody first before justifying the shot? You know, that fraction of a second could be the life or death of a loved one or friend or innocent people in the restaurant. That's very true. That's very true. Um, based on what I saw, and again, I'm only going off of what I see here. And at the time, nobody knew. What we saw later was the rest of it. But most of this was before that. And people were still going to die on that sword. No pun intended. To me, it's different. To me, if someone's coming in and waving their gun immediately, that's when you react. Not when they've grabbed everything. You assess the situation. No harm was made to anyone or even a real threat to them. In my opinion, it's not like, the guy held a gun to someone's head and says, give me your money or else I'm going to blow your brains out. Everybody give me your money or I'm going to blow this person's brains out. To me, it's different and the details matter. So with that being said, let me bring on Brian Sales, host of the Warriors Collection brand. 
This conversation is brought to you by The Sales Shop, an Arizona-based retailer that strives to be your destination of choice for wireless services, whether Arizona or Washington State. They are an authorized AT&T dealer, so visit them at salesshop.us and get connected today. Brian, welcome back to the show. You've seen this as well. I know you have your opinions on this as well, and you you are tactical. You're, you, you are what somebody that I know of that, I mean, you have your own little, I'm going to call it a compound bunker. You, you teach your family <laughs> on how to professionally protect themselves. You teach a tactical classes with guns and gun safety. And I mean, even behind you, tell me what you have behind you because I'm not an expert oh. on this. Yeah, that's a, that's just a precision rifle. Um, that's my new, my new baby for hunting and, um, some long range trying to get my long range game up, but yeah, it's just a, long, um, my first time getting a precision rifle. So yeah. Uh, tactical. Uh, I love when people throw those words out there and it's, it's, it's going to be a great conversation. <laughs> well, and the thing is, and I mean, I get it, but I think people are so quick to defend gun usage. They think people are attacking the fact that somebody has a gun and that's not what I was doing at all. And as far as assessing a situation, not everybody is good at that. I don't think you have to be a military vet to understand what that means. I don't think you necessarily have to go through professional training. I think sometimes people are just, that's just what they do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everyone who knows me knows me as a very even killed person. And it's because I usually don't panic first. I assess, I react, and then I think about it later. And I'll give a classic example. We had an NSX event here called NS Expo in, in, in October. I come home from an event. I want to get a few things and continue on. This was a weekend long event. I walk in the door. My son's sitting on the couch with one of his best friends watching football. My mother-in-law standing there in the kitchen. My brother-in-law's over. My mother-in-law's eating something and she starts coughing um, over the trash because she chokes. She has health problems. I kind of look at her. I'm like, oh, are you cool? She's yeah. And I go, okay. I keep doing what I'm doing. I'm bringing stuff in and around the house. I come back in, but now I know that the situation is going on. I come back in and I see that she's still coughing. And so I kind of go over and stand near her to kind of get closer to the situation. So I can kind of assess what's going on here. I'm not panicking. I'm looking at my brother-in-law. He's starting to get really scared. I'm looking at my mother-in-law. She's looking at me, the kids in the, the grown kids in the living room are kind of looking back and she looks at me with a look on her face. And I could tell now she's like, she's legit struggling and she needs my help. No time to panic. No time to do anything. I just jumped into gear, got behind her, gave her the Heinlich maneuver stood next to her, waited for her to take two or three super deep breaths. I looked at my brother-in-law and said, okay, you got her? You good? And he goes, yeah. I go, okay, go get her. You know, she needs a breathing treatment. You guys take care of her. And I was, I was literally out of the door within 30, 45 seconds, continuing on with my day. Now, not everybody could have done that. And I'm not trying to say that I'm some sort of a hero. I mean, this is my family, but my point in that is not everybody panics. Sometimes you assess the situation. And when I was watching that video, that, that's, you know, it's easy to say what you would do when you're not there. Obviously, um, no one had a gun to my head, but just in looking what I looked at, I was like, it looks like most of the, you know, the danger is over. They could have lived, uh, you know, to, to live another day. Wallets and IDs can be replaced. People can't, um, the person who got killed, he got what's coming to him. I mean, shit like that happens. Fuck around and find out. That's what everyone says. I'm a firm believer of fuck around and find out. But from a prosecution standpoint, I can see how this wasn't an open and, and shut case. What did you see? Um, before I start, I just want to preference that my eyes are covered because the last time I was on the show, uh, I took a, a quite a beating from your, your following. So, uh, I'm still healing from that. I hope this time they don't beat me so bad with this response. Uh, what I saw in this video was that, uh, 
as you just said, the uh, situation awareness, uh, you know, getting a feel for what's going on. And I'm looking at the video again. I don't see panic on anyone, really. Um, the guy that's sitting across from the guy that did the did the shooting, he seems pretty calm. He's like, oh, let me just about to lose this money. Um, the guy in the corner, he's not panicking. He gave up his wallet. Um, it, 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 I, you know, we've heard so many times when people are like, I heard this person said, if I don't do this, I'm, I'm going to die. And I, I felt that in my soul. Like, I knew this was it. There's no audio. We can't tell what his voice sound like. But looking at the video, I, it don't seem like people are really panicking or they're just going to give up their money. I mean, we have one person that dove to the floor, which is a nat natural response. But after I watched the video, I, I think I watched it like five times before. I was like, you know what? This guy is probably going to jail. Um, he, he fumbled with his gun, trying to get his gun out. And that, that was his time to, if he was going to do something, it should have been right then and there. But he fumbled it. Um, in many cases where we see where police officers shoot someone in the back, right? There's outrage. He was turned around. He wasn't even facing you. How do you blah, blah, blah. Saying that the, the guy is slightly in front of him. He could have stopped him when he got to the table. <laughs> the guy passed. He shoots him. And then he shoots him some more. I mean... I'm an instructor. These are things that we talk about in our class, the the, the legal use of force. Um, you have to be in line with all of those. You have to check each box. And looking at the video, he he missed some boxes. Um, what, what boxes did he miss? Because, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not tactically inclined. I'm not classically trained. I've never had to take a life. I've never been in a situation where I feel like my life was about to be taken, which matters here. But I I also feel like when you when you choose to carry a sidearm, we don't live in 1896, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. where at any given time someone in the saloon could pull out a six-shooter and start firing. I think when you're carrying a sidearm, you carry it for protection, but you also, if it's not concealed, you kind of, this is slippery slope here, um, but I guess, I guess before I, I go down that road, I'm going to say that it, you should be trained to know that if you pull it out, you better be able to justify the usage of it beyond a reasonable doubt. And in this yeah. case, I think that it was self-defense, but it mm -hmm. got a little hairy afterwards. Yeah. And what steps and do you think he missed? I, I feel like he missed the imminent threat. Um, and even before the imminent threat, you know, uh, I don't feel like that was a, and there's a guy waving a gun. He comes into the store that you should have shot him then. Like you, 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 that's where your training comes in. You should have been able to pull that gun out cleanly and ended him. Um, you have, he walks to the corner, his back is towards you. The gun should be out. Uh, he's still walking. He walks to the next corner. Your gun should be out. He walks past you, turns around. He is, the gun should be out there. So he they're gonna they are gonna grill. I'm watching this video right now. They are gonna grill him. Uh if they get if they get a good if the DA is good, it, this is gonna be tough because he had many uh chances to pull out the gun and, and stop this person. Uh to shoot him in the face, to shoot him in the chest, not while his back was turned. Uh if he was gonna shoot him in the back, it should have been in the back while he was in that corner. Or while he was behind him, 
robbing the customers behind them. Not when it looked like it was possibly over. And this is hindsight. Like we right. we're and we're assuming that he's about to exit the store. But I mean, he went, he already did, he already got the tables. He he already did all of that. So it is it, I mean, like you said, it, I, I believe it's self-defense or defense of the store. Um self-defense, I don't know because he's not attacking him. That there's no imminent threat to him and if 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 the again if the lawyer or people he's immediately with but i know that's that's kind of the the gray area that i see as a gray area and i understand the defense of that but everyone's quick to say what if it was your family but i didn't see anything on there that looked like anybody was about to get plugged and and, and no it's it's not do you want to ask him if the gun is fake it doesn't matter if the gun is fake i understand that at the time it does not matter but what i'm saying is that it could matter if someone wanted to come after him one of the the latest news um that i saw i was on youtube but it was like from the houston you know news and they had interviewed a a very young uh defense attorney and of course they're going to have a defense attorney on there because it's like a defense attorney is going to tell you everything that's right with the situation in order to get off. Mm-hmm. A prosecution is going to tell you everything that's wrong with the situation in order to prosecute. And I guarantee you, if you get a prosecuting attorney sitting there in front of the camera, they're going to say the exact opposite that the defense attorney said. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. and one of the points I was saying is like the law works in weird ways. The law will twist itself up in a corner. And it's not about what we've seen necessarily. It's about what can and can't be proved. And it's such a yeah. cliche, but it's so true. Very true. I mean, that's that's right on the head. Like it's it's on the, the lawyers to prove uh, what can be proved. It, it has nothing to do with really truth or lies is <laughs> If you're in that situation, would that actually happen? Would is that possible? Um, I, I again, um, it is. I don't see the self defense in it because he's not being attacked. His family member or whoever that guy is in front of him, he doesn't look worried. He's calm. And, and maybe he's, 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 he's calm. Maybe he's calm because he sees the guy pull the gun on. He's like, yeah, this is about this is this is about to go down. That, that could be definitely the case. But the 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 person in the corner. The I I'm guessing that's an older guy over there in the corner. He's sitting there like this. He's he's it's like he's playing. He's waiting to it just to all end, waiting for that guy to get out so he can. I don't. It's what do you think you would have done in this situation? Because to me, it's it's you learn survival, mm-hmm. survival of self. That's natural. You can't even control that. And to me, survival is give this guy my phone, give this guy my wallet, whatever he needs. He's on the way out the door. I live to fight another day. Maybe we catch him. Maybe I find myself in the trash or on the corner. I feel if the guy's coming in and he's, and again, he was brandishing a weapon, which we it ended up not being real, but we don't know that. Mm-hmm. He was waving it around as a robbery, just like a typical robbery you see on TV, low end, whatever. Um, and to your point, like my thought, and I got grilled for even having this thought, and I love the conversation because I don't care if the guy goes to jail. I don't mm-hmm. care if he gets off. I'm just saying it's there's a lot of gray area in this video. And in my and I see the guy, he looks like he's got everything he needs. He's on his way out the door. Nobody else is in any imminent danger. And if I'm the prosecution, I may be asking that question. Because he's wanted for questioning. Notice yeah. that. Though they're all those those red flag key phrases, you know. Yeah, they, and then they, they, to they, leave the scene. I guess they had another person on there who said that, and you know, you're not legally obligated to stick around at the scene of a crime. No, you're you can not. Leave. 
But what and, if you're the one who pulled the trigger? Like you, this happens all the time. So with that, uh, um, I would tell him not to, uh, even if so, okay for me, because I, I've been through the course, like I said, I'm an instructor. So I know that the, uh, my job is to make sure that it's hard for the state to prove their case against me. Uh, even though I know I was not in the wrong, it does not go, go, it does not go well for me to speak to the police officers and allow them to trip me up and me to speak and say something that, oh, I mean, no, I didn't mean that. Right. I, you know yep. what I'm saying? So it's best to not Stay say away. anything, leave the scene. Uh, get an attorney. Come up to you, get your attorney. Yep. Uh, talking to the police officers, not saying they're doing this on purpose, but that's, that's their job. That, that's the state's job to prove the case, to to put people behind bars. Uh, they, they can't put the other guy behind bars. Someone has to pay for this. So um, if I was in that situation, like I said, the guy came through the door. That's why training is so important. Um, I, I don't feel like that guy, you know, this is me assuming. I don't think that guy trains pulling from a seated area where it's bunched up and he has to and present. I don't, he's stumbling right now. Uh, he's still stumbling. Uh, You're watching it again. So, so know, is that part of training of being able to draw from any given yeah, position? You wanna, if you're going to be a, a gun carrier, it is on you to be responsible all the way mm -hmm. through, like through and through. You need to know your state laws. You need to know every law within so you can operate appropriately and make sure you're not getting caught up on anything. Um, when it goes to defending yourself, you want to be able to get your gun out and present it and end the threat right away. You don't want the threat walking around. Right. What he, about he the nine shots? The, the nine he, shots. He, as he stands up, he fires five, and then he walks toward the dead person, or will be dead, soon imminently dead, fires three more times, kind of looks around, moves the gun, picks up the gun, fires one more time, and then goes back to his table. And then that's when he looks at the gun, finds out it's fake, and chucks it across you know, the cafe, which I can understand the frustration because I can even imagine like you can, it can be both things. You can feel like you've defended yourself and other people and then felt like complete shit afterwards. Like he did, he did what's, I, I think he did what was right maybe, but it's not up for me to, 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 to say, right. But I mean, that, that has to feel like shit at the end. Yeah. I mean, nine shots. The last one, after you take the gun, you shoot him again. Um, that's going to be hard to justify. Uh, right. A lot of people say, well, like and a lot of people like to say we, I was trained or I was told to make sure I eliminate the threat fully. Like there's no life. No, yeah, you're neutralize the threat. You, now, what's the difference between neutral. eliminate the threat and neutralize the threat? Is there a neutralize, difference? So in my book, yeah, neutralize would be to be able to uh, make sure that person is not capable of doing anything. Uh, you know, they're not able to attack you still. Eliminate eliminate that is <laughs> mm -hmm. you're done you're, you're right. gone and that's what he did he the he was already neutralized he was on the ground he took the weapon I, was he going to get up after the five shots at that point it or was nine eight. or eight shots took the weapon and fired another time <laughs> that, that's mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, that remains That's to be tough. seen, you know, uh, like I said last time, this is hard parking, the non-automotive automotive podcast, and this absolutely has nothing to do with cars, but it's about life. It's about people. And it's a, it, 
it's a discussion. This thing went viral. It went global. And it's about 50-50. People saying, good, he got what he deserved. Or, you know, people saying, damn, that sucks. It didn't have to be like that. I think everybody thinks at the end, the the robber or would-be robber kind of got what was coming to him. But to what extent? And I think that's what we're waiting to find out. So, Brian, thanks for joining the show again. I appreciate it. You want to plug your... uh. Don't you have a self-defense technical course coming up, actually? Yeah, well, uh, I got it. Actually, I have a class uh, next week, Tuesday, or this week, actually, Wednesday. Um, it's going to be on Twitter, on the Twitter spaces. Yeah, it's free. You come in and, and listen to, we're going to be talking about the use, the legal use of force. This is a, I'm definitely going to talk about this. And uh, we're going to go through some of the things that, uh, some of the boxes that he's supposed to check off and, uh, you know, to make sure that this was a clean shooting. But. It's looking pretty shaky, but yeah, you can check out the Warriors Defense Collection at uh, go to the Warriors Collection brand, and there's a tab for Warriors Defense Collection where we have our classes listed there. And uh, yeah, please, please, please be kind in the comments. <laughs> they won't be. <laughs> We're not here for your guns. I mean, how many guns do you own, Brian? Oh, I got about six, about six, about six. But we're responsible. We train with them. And we encourage other people to train. And and if you're going to carry, be responsible carrying. You know, know the law. Uh, don't be a hothead. It's, it's like lives are on the line, you know. Uh, yeah, it is. It, there's so much that can be said. But, yeah, you got to be responsible. Yeah. And then and again, we've had these conversations with everything that we see, whether it's Breonna Taylor, whether it's George Floyd. And so, I mean, you know me, I'm not, am I anti-guns? I'm not anti-guns at all. No. I don't think this has anything to do with gun control. No, uh, This was just a, a robbery case that went wrong. And then at the end of the day, I just think that you can, based on what I saw, you can easily go from hero of the day legally to in big legal trouble. Yeah. That's just how this world works. And people need to understand that. Like if, if you step out of line and you're trying to be hero, or you think this is a moment for you to be hero, you could be really stepping into prison for life. You better be um, so sure what, what you you're doing. You better be sure. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. No problem. So I've mentioned, I've mentioned this before in the past. I'm part of a, a page, a group um, online on Facebook called Apex Automotor. And I usually get a lot of, I, sometimes I get my news from there because it's full of, there's like 40, I don't know how many thousands of members there are, but usually there's some interesting stories, stories like this. A man drove his Tesla, I think it's a Model Y, I can't really tell, off a cliff 300 feet. Now, Tesla is also known for lowest probability of injury tested by the NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I think that's what that stands for. The Model 3, the Model S, and the Model X all said you are far less likely by, it's like the most dangerous one is the Model X at like 6.5% chance of being injured. No other vehicles are close. The Model 3 is less than, it's like 5.8%. So you can look for it online. Tesla goes off cliff. I'm reading this CNN thing. It says all four occupants of the Tesla survived the crash Monday after the car plunged 250 to 300 feet into a rocky beach area known as the Devil's Slide, about 20 miles south of San Francisco, California Highway Patrol said. But get this. 
The 41-year-old California man, the driver, faces multiple charges after he allegedly drove off a cliff on the Pacific Coast Highway with his wife and two children on purpose. He tried to take out his entire family and failed due to Tesla. Imagine that. You know, there's, I've had low times in my life, and there's times where I've driven and I've thought, what would happen if I just drove off this cliff? It's been a while, but every once in a while, my mind's weird, so I always wonder about that. You know, would I survive? Would I die? And it's, it's weird because my mind is, I always come to the conclusion of, no, I would probably fucking live and I'd be a quadriplegic for the rest of my life and I would hate myself. Those are the weird things I think about. Imagine trying to take your entire family out just to survive. According to Cal Fire's Coastal Fire Protection District, the damage to the vehicle would indicate that it hit and then flipped several times. That's Brian Pottinger, a battalion chief for Cal Fire's Coastal Fire Protection District. He said the car came to rest on its wheels. It says as firefighters repelled down the cliff to the car, other first responders watched through binoculars. As we were, this is quotes, as we were doing that, we were able to notice movement in the front passenger seat through the windshield, Pottinger said. So we knew that we had at least one person that was alive. When the first responders arrived, all four occupants were conscious and the two children were secured into their car seats that remained intact. Car seats. These were small kids. Good Lord. Crews freed the two children and used a rope to lift them up in baskets. Later, a California Highway Patrol helicopter hoisted the two adults to safety. Based on the evidence collected, investigators developed probable cause to believe this incident was an intentional act. That is the car news. It's enough drama for this episode. So far, this year is starting off a little heavy on the podcast, and I appreciate it. And I do give people my ideas, my thoughts, uh, my opinions on things that I see. And sometimes maybe I lose friends over it. I don't think I really say anything controversial, but I'm very... I'm very happy to have a conversation about just about anything. And as usual, I usually play things right down the middle. It's the same case with, you know, this thing with the Houston shooting is no different. I can see both sides of it. And I was just asking, hey, you know, uh, what do you guys think on based on what do you think based on what you see here? It's not clear and cut. Wes and I talked about that quite a bit in the last few days about it because The first thing I saw was, as I said earlier, two exit holes on the front door. And then you see the video where the guy, the first video where they froze the frame as he's pointing the gun at the guy. I'm like, hmm, he had him dead to rights. How do we have two bullet holes exiting the front door? And Wes's thought is ricochet, which is a very real thing. I know that. But, of course, later on we see the whole video and there was nine shots four of which were pretty much point blank. If you don't want to count the first five as point blank, the last one definitely point blank. But I'm very curious to see how it, how it handles out. And again, I mean, I look, everybody in my life owns guns or has guns or shoots guns. I like the way guns look. I don't own a gun. Not because I'm anti-gun. I'm not anti-gun, but like I said, this has nothing to do with that. This is a shitty robbery attempt that went, South for the would-be robber who is now dead. And it is what it is. Want to thank Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona, 4wheelonline.com, and Cell Shop Wireless Services as primary sponsors of this podcast. 
you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast and go tell a friend about it. Leave a review on Apple, Spotify. It allows ratings and reviews. Spotify does allow ratings and reviews, so hook it up. Or anywhere you actually consume this podcast, as a reminder, a large portion of this is going to be on YouTube, usually the main take, eventually possibly the whole show. I have some new equipment that I've been playing with. Also want to thank Patreon business supporter Kui Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pell Construction out of Conway, Michigan, Big House Small Home Design out of Ashburg, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan, Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals out of Glendale, Arizona, and the Shaping Success with West Tankersley out of Boise, Idaho. You can catch myself in West Tankersley every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Pacific time on One Drink Wednesday, Instagram only. Guys, that is not a podcast. People say, oh, I watched your podcast on Wednesday on Instagram. Like, that's not, that's not a podcast. Not a podcast. If you're in a position to help this podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $2 a month and get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. I need to come up with some more swag for 2023. If you reach a certain tier and you do it a certain amount of time, that's when you really get free stuff. Otherwise, you get free stickers and, and small things that it's, you know, I'm, I'm giving back. Thank you, Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bojong, Alice Kamina, Drew Bunkley. I do have Hard Parking Podcast shirts, though. I've had some requests for the OG shirts, so I may get back to those. If you have any questions, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning. My name is on the show. I'm not going to spell it out. And join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. But remember, I can't really grow without telling the world how great the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together, and I'll talk to you all next week. Shut up! Now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.